Welcome back to the Human Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Solomon Harvey, and each week we have a new guest on the show, and we talk to people about what it is that drives them to do what they do, what gravitates you towards your passions. Hey guys, welcome back to the Human Nature Podcast. Today I'm really excited to be speaking with Maria Verdeshi, and Maria is a truly remarkable psychic medium. Her ability to connect with teachers, guides, and departed loved ones is nothing short of astonishing. And I actually met Maria through a mutual friend, and we did a little reading together recently. And I asked her if she wanted to be on the Human Nature Podcast, and I thought, what a great way to um, kind of diversify the, the people that we have on the show. I haven't had any psychics on yet, so I was just really excited to introduce the concept of mediums and psychics uh, for people that have never experienced something like that um, first. So Maria, for, for those that don't really know what a psychic medium is, how, how do you introduce it to people? Um, first, thank you so much for having me on your show, Solomon. I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful and... that you're here with us. Well, I appreciate it. And how I would um, kind of say what a psychic medium is, is a psychic is someone who can see into the future. A medium would be someone that would be talking to your departed loved ones. Um, and mediums are usually also psychics, but psychics are not necessarily mediums. Okay. But you are both. So I am both. Gotcha. So meaning I can get information about the future and I can also get information from your departed loved ones. And meaning they're always going to give me something that when they come through, it's going to resonate with you. Meaning they're going to give me something special. And the little funny thing about me, well, there's several funny things, but... One of them is, is that I truly do have, um, I argue with your loved ones. I don't really mean to, but it just kind of happens. So sometimes when they'll give me a little piece of information, let's say it's something common like cufflinks, I'll sit there and go, really? That's what you're going to give me? You can't give me something else? Until I kind of stop myself and go, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm arguing with this person over there giving me something special. And once I do give it to the person, I describe what it looks like. It makes perfect sense to them. That, so maybe that was a little bit of a long thing, but no, that makes a lot of go. sense, right? Because you don't necessarily know what that relationship would be, but you're just picking up on the information that's coming through and, um, something like exactly. cufflinks, right? Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and everyone wants that validation. They, they want that piece of information so I really, what I do before reading also is I basically check my ego outside the room and I really try not to use that part of the brain that's overthinking because that's where I can get in trouble. If I start actually thinking about the things, then it's I go into the argument of going really cufflinks. You mm. can't give me something else. Yeah. Well, take us take us back to when this all started. Do you do you have kind of like an origin story, some of your first 
interactions with this and and how did you how did you find out about this in the first place um this is something that i definitely was born with and i can remember it was like age three or four it's probably closer to four but um i can remember um being in my room and hearing things and now a lot of people can't remember when they were really small like i can remember being in a crib i can remember sitting in a height chair and i can remember being pushed in a stroller so these little memories that a lot of people are i have no memory of that i do so i can remember hearing things in my room that sounded like conversations so i did go to my um parents and said hey i'm you know there's some people talking in my room and they humored me the first time and went in there and they're like, no, see, there's no one here. Open the closet. And the next time I went in there, they didn't even humor me. They were like, get back to bed. So I learned really, really quickly to just keep it to myself. And I can say I never told another person until much later in life. So even like my closest friends in high school, they would have no idea that I could hear things. And during a certain period, too, I just kind of shoved it all down where, okay, I can kind of hear that, but I don't want to until it was a bit later in life when I said, okay, I'm tired of fighting with this. I'm now going to open the door and learn more about it. And I'm really going to work with this in a way where I can help others instead of shoving it away. And what were some of the things that might have come up even while you were in high school? Like some of the things that would be coming to you in terms of because you weren't sharing them with people. But what what were the voices telling you as because I know that's probably a pretty subjective question because it was different every single day. But were there some things that kind of guided you through those years when you weren't talking to other people? Um, I know um, with some instances, I didn't go places because I felt a strong, ah, don't do that, don't go there. And there would have been something that happened where I thought, oh, well, that's a, but see, I would always at the time go, well, that was a coincidence. A good thing I didn't go there because that happened. Um, things like that. Gotcha. Um, or I would get that gut feeling of not to do something and I would just feel it because I feel things really strongly and I would do it anyways and it would end up to be a disaster. And it was kind of like, oh, well, that didn't end up too well. And it sounds like the not sharing of it was something that was guided as well right? Like nobody was telling you or were they telling you not to share it? Because that... No, no one was telling me not to share it. It's just that I learned, it kind of shut it down when my parents were like, yeah. nope, nothing's there. Gotcha. Um, so I just kind of learned not to say anything. Plus I wanted to fit in. So I think most mediums can say that they were different. And they just really kind of wanted to fit in, but they knew they were different. And I just wanted to fit in. 
That makes a lot of sense. And <laughs> you I, know. I feel like that's something that it takes a lot of courage to to really embody that, whereas a lot of people could just kind of set it aside. Like you, you kind of gently set it aside. You weren't fighting too hard against it. Whereas we want this mm -hmm. normal, we're always saying, you know, I just want be normal, but it's those things that ended up and now later in life being your strength, that thing that is really guiding you and supporting you. And it's so, so when take us to some of the moments when you started to dive, dive deeper into it, what, when, how old were you at that time? Um, oh, it was early forties. Um, it, so I kind of went a bit in and out of it during the years of, okay, I think I'm going to go. Nope. Nope. And then I kind of pull back. So it was right around the age of 40 where I said, you know what? I'm going to start looking into this. I'm going to start more. And I can remember, oh my gosh, how old was I? Maybe 41 when I had my, no, I think that's right around the age of 40 when I had my first reading, believe it or not. And the medium was sitting there going, do you realize how, how much of a psychic medium you are? Do you realize that you can do what I do? And it was that little light bulb going off going, huh, well, now you're just making sense of everything. Mm. Yeah. It kinda, so that, mm -hmm. I was just going to say, it kind of goes back to that validation part, like you were saying, without overthinking it and just really being validated in it. Right. And I think that that's just what I needed. Mm. I just needed to someone to say, hey, you are. And this was someone that didn't see anything that they're, they were just a psychic medium going into and giving me a reading and getting that information. Um, but they validated it and it felt right to me and it made sense. So then I started opening up that door more. Nice. And yeah, and it was a good thing. And for the last, oh, 12 years now, um, I've been doing readings. That's so cool. And we'll be getting more into some of the, the services you provide in a little bit. But again, I, I'm curious, what are some of the, the thought patterns or misconceptions that people have about this line of work that we could kind of break down a little bit? Oh my gosh, there's so many. So first of all, people think I like Google the answers. And it's like, really? First of all, I don't have the time to do that. But the information that comes through would not be on their Facebook page. You would not be able to Google it. It's these little validation things that the family will give me. Um, I'm trying to... Well, a great one that I got was I had a... Um, a it was the father that came through. So it was the daughter and um, the second wife were here. And I said, hey, your dad's talking about this briefcase. He's opening up the briefcase. Your dad's got a briefcase? They're both looking at me like, no. And they're telling me no. 
Now, I know when someone on the other side is not stopping with a piece of information that it's something. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you sure, you know, this is the way it looks and it's this briefcase. And he's showing me some things in the briefcase. Like, I'm feeling like these are files that you need right now. They were very adamant that the, their father, the husband, never had a briefcase. I was like, okay. So I kind of went on, but then the dad pulled me back into that briefcase. And this happened like three times. And I'm like, really? Because there's these two other things sitting next to it. It's downstairs. And I said, okay, I'm just going to leave you with this briefcase because I know it's there. I mean, I was, I could see it. Said the files are in there. You're going to need some of these. There's these two other things sitting next to it. It's downstairs. Give me a call when you find it. Do you know she called me the next morning and said, oh, my God, Maria, we found the briefcase. We found some of the information that we needed inside of it. It was exactly how you described. That's amazing. That's not going to be on their Facebook page. It's not going to be something I can Google. That's one of those validating things that they're giving. And it's also to say, hey, I'm right here and I can help. I may not be here in like the physical form, but I'm here because our loved ones want to help us. It's amazing to, so. to, because I feel like so much of the work sometimes can be trying to get people to be um, open to listening to those things at first. You know what I mean? They're not just saying immediately, mm-hmm. oh, okay, there's a briefcase downstairs. They're a little, well, no, no. I don't know if that's... And then to validate it, it's like there's this whole other side of believing that comes in. And I just, I wish everybody was just open and receptive. Um, but again, you're going to find the people that are wanting to work with you, right? And it's like you're not getting a whole lot of people that are coming to challenge you or do you have that as well oh i i have had that so my absolute best client is what i call a great sitter so the sitter is the client and they come in and they're really open for the reading and they're excited usually i'll try to get someone to laugh in the beginning too because then i can get some of those fears away because a lot of times People are a little fearful. They don't know what's going to be brought out in a reading. I can say nothing really ever bad has been brought out in any of my readings, Um, only good things. And if I can get them to kind of laugh in the beginning, I can get their heart center to open up more, which again makes it easier for me to get the messages to come in. Mm. Um, What I'll call is not my ideal sitter, It's the person that comes in going, huh, I don't really believe this. And someone gave me this as a gift, and I guess I'll go. The best best case is is when I've, I've gotten them to laugh, so I've gotten that heart center opening, and then I'm able to pull out some validating things then they stop and their heart center opens up more. Then more information comes flooding in. I've only had it a few times 
where someone has been so closed off that it's been difficult to get the information. Um, and then there's only been one time, which I mean, I'm so lucky because I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of readings. I mean, tons where I had a couple come to the house and I was happy because after 20 minutes, the husband went out to the car because he was spoiling the reading for her. As soon as he left the house, tons of messages came in. Mm. He just had to leave because he was blocking off everything. Um, and, and it's it's going to happen. But I, I usually can work with it. I usually can do something where I can ask the person, hey, why don't you just breathe for a second? Or why don't you just stand up and breathe? And then when they sit back down. So I usually can redirect the energy. Gotcha. And that's what it is. And a reading is energy. Everything's energy. So the energy that you bring into me, it's going to be part of that reading. Do you do you get some feedback or things leading up to people calling you? Because you do in person and over the phone. So mm -hmm. um, any prep work or anything like that to get centered? Or is it kind of doing less of that, like you said, sort of checking out your ego or like, and then just being I, in a I state? I meditate before reading. So I start my day out with a meditation. Okay. Um, actually, there's two meditations I do now. Um, and so then I can really get focused and centered and grounded um, to really bring that higher energy in to get those messages. Mm. So then I'm not really working as much from a solar plexus level, but I'm working at a higher energy level. For people that are interested, <laughs> well, please mm -hmm. continue what we're going to say. Um, I was just for the um, like for the for the higher messages because some people work at that solar plexus level, and I think grabbing that higher energy leads for a better reading and better information. That makes a lot of sense. I I feel like there's a lot to preparing when people come to you. I imagine they're either wanting, unless it was a gift or something like that, there's a very specific reason for calling. So for people that want to work with you, um, what are some kind of dream clients? What is What do you love to do with people specifically? I know it's across the board, um, but... Well, the, the readings, I really love bringing through messages for people. And um, you brought up a good point, too, because sometimes people will come in and it's like, okay, I want so-and-so to come through. And if so-and-so doesn't come through, well, then this whole thing is a sham. I can't control who comes in. That That is not under my control. Um, I, I'll say I've been really lucky, though where I think everybody's loved one that they wanted to come through has come through. But I always like to remind people that's not in my control. Um, so, and I also work with families um, that their loved one is in a coma and where I can 
do like a reading and tell them what their loved one needs to kind of move on. So this would be someone that is not coming out of that coma. So they're kind of stuck. It may be that they're stuck in fear. Um, it may be that they don't want to move on because all of their loved ones are in the room with them and they're feeling guilty. So they don't want to leave them because they're afraid that they won't be able to continue without them. Um, so it's letting the people know what they need. Um, I had a client where, and this was done through texting. So again, everything's energy. So even if you send me a text, I can still connect with your loved ones. It's all energy. So she was in the room with her grandmother and she said, you know, and the whole family was, but it, it was not the best situation. And I could pick up with the grandma who was in a coma that she wasn't going anywhere until that granddaughter, who it was more like her daughter, they were very close, went to the airport. And I said, I, I can tell you once you get to the airport, she's good to go. Like she's, that's what she's telling me. So she, the granddaughter went to the airport. She texted someone in the room and she had just passed right before she texted. Wow. That's amazing. That's kind of, how does it feel when these messages are coming through and when your life experiences reflecting back and validating this work, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel really happy and it makes me feel happy that I am serving my purpose as to why I'm here, like my reason for being, because don't we all want to do that? Right. We want to, okay, why am I here and how can I serve that purpose? And it's really, I find it, um, I love helping people being able to move on and to help them with closure with things. And even if a loved one's passed on, you can still get closure through reading. Um, I've had that happen several times where it be a mother or father or whoever, they've been able to get closure through a reading. And then they're able to move on in life. They're able to drop that anger and move on. And that makes me pretty happy that I'm able to do that. I, I, and I always tell people, now your loved ones have to go through me. So it's the, oh my gosh, George, we've got to deal with her. You know, it's got to be her because I'm the one that's going to sit there going, am I getting it right? Is this what you're saying? Is this correct? Um, where I always laugh going, oh, they just must be, oh, geez, it's her. So I'm happy that I'm able to hear the messages and pass them on. It's amazing that you that you have not only found your calling, but then you've also given yourself permission and freedom to explore this deeper to then be able to offer it to people. And that, regardless of what people choose to do with their lives, I mean, what a cool thing to find something that you are really good at, that you love to do, and it provides such an amazing service to your community and to your, to your family and everybody else as well. 
you. Thanks. You know, it is. And um, it's funny because people think, you know, oh, you're psychic medium. So I've lost, you know, whatever. I lost my ring. And can you tell me where it is? Now, okay, I think all mediums, all psychic mediums have their little special niche. Um, and I am more than, like I said, I always check my ego outside the door. So I don't have a problem telling someone that is not my special gift. I can see if I can pick up on it. I have found things a few times for people, but that's not like some psychic mediums. That's their big gift. Like they can, oh, boom, that's where it is. That's where you lost it. That's where it is. Mm. Um, I have done it on occasion, and it's been fun. Um, I had someone that they thought they had given away their grandfather's watch, like by accident, that it had gotten donated. And I said, no, it's still in the house. It's still in the house. I said, it's in something leather, and then like in a box or something. But I see it like in leather or something. I said, I'm not sure what that is, um, but it's it's in the house kind of tucked away. And so this is the cool thing. A year later, they sent me an email saying, oh, my God, we found it. It was in a leather glove in the closet. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I know. Now, did I see exactly where it was? No, but I did see see that it was still in the house and I did see that it was in leather but I I couldn't say you know what it's in the closet on the third shelf in this box now you so I mm -hmm. you talk about picking this up as energy so being in a physical body um, how what are some of these messages? Something, I mean, I, I feel like I cut you off, so I want to hear what you're about to say, but I'm just... Oh, no, no, go ahead. On that um, note of something like the watch, how how mm -hmm. are you transmitting this and energy and um, translating it? What, what does that look like? So what that looks like to me is sometimes um, what they'll do is they'll show me pictures so if I'm recalling correctly with the watch, I was seeing it like in a dark place and I could see the leather um, and I could feel that it was still in the house. So they'll show me pictures. Sometimes they'll show me like a home movie. Um, they'll show me pictures or they'll pull out the family album and start showing me that. Or they'll start making me feel a certain way. Um, if someone has, I'll take, like, pass from a heart attack, they'll start kind of making me feel heart pains where I'll start feeling that. Um, usually if someone's passed of cancer, I'll start hearing it. I'll start hearing the word cancer. Now, when I say I'm hearing it, it's, you know, when you're um, in that dream state, you're dreaming, or if you're having thoughts, or if you're someone that is able to kind of have thoughts or a conversation with yourself in your head going, okay, now what else do I need in the grocery shopping list? And But you're thinking it. 
that's where that's the place where I'm hearing it. Um, where I'm seeing it is going to be more of what they call the Ajna Center, the Third Eye Center. I'm going to be seeing things there. Um, so it's not necessarily that I'm seeing Uncle Fred sitting at the table with us like I'm physically seeing. I'm Third Eye Ajna seeing it. Um, and then the feeling of, it's kind of an all-over feeling or knowing of, is how I'll feel on things. Okay. That's that's great. I mean, that's a great way of explaining it. I wasn't sure how that would be, how to even translate that, but you did a really nice job because I, I can resonate with that dream state that you're describing. Um, do you, so for people that are listening, Maria has her own podcast, which is called Hello from the Other Side, and you also have a book, There Is No Death, Only Life. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit, so if people are interested in diving a little bit more into the work that you do, um, what can they expect from your podcast? Um, well, with the podcast, I kind of just like to, I interview different people, and it's usually going to be something spiritual. Um, I interviewed someone on, um, she reads um, hands and the lines on your hands. Um and I just interviewed an astrologer, so it's not quite up there yet, but it will be this week. So it's um, things like that and just kind of diving a little bit deeper into things. Um, there's one on can you get closure from a loved one on the other side? And I, I interviewed a client and her experience with a reading. Um, um so different things like that. And, and people that have like spiritual practices will say like Buddhism, because I know I, I did one on this too. And your spiritual practice, bringing that in and what you have noticed manifesting in your life. So just kind of like interesting things like that. Um, things that I kind of step back and go, oh, you know what? That's really cool. And wow. So that does work. Look at that are kind of things that I've put up on there. Nice. And is that a weekly or a monthly podcast? I try to make it a monthly. Um, I've done, I just started it last, um, gosh, I think last March is when I started it. And I maybe only missed one month, I think. So I've been pretty good um, about getting it out there every month. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's such a great way for people to get to know you a little bit more if they're thinking about working with you and setting up a call just to to dive into what it is that you already have put out there because you've already offered so much value through the the podcast, which is a free resource. And then tell us more about your book, There Is No Death, Only Life. Oh, um, okay. There is no death, only life. In fact, it just went through um, another revision because I got the um, foreword in there by Thomas John. Um, and Thomas John is another psychic medium. He has the um, show that he's filming season two now of Seatbelt Psychic. And he also has a show in Vegas at Caesars Palace five days a week. 
So Thomas Chan is the one who did my foreword for me. And um, what I wanted to do with the book is um, one of the big things. So my mother passed in 2009, and she passed with such a fear of death. We couldn't discuss death in the room. And it was even when I got to the hospital, because I thought that she had like a cold. And it was that her cancer had come back and she had been kind of fibbing to me for a while. So when I made it to the hospital, again, I'm thinking, okay, well, she'll just be here in a couple of days and she's going to be all good. She had 10 days to live. So it was a bit of a shock. And then on top of it, we weren't allowed to discuss death because she was in such denial. And, you know, at the time, I was thinking, wow, really? But I quickly pulled myself out of that thinking, well, that's kind of selfish, Maria. Sure, you want to talk about it, but she doesn't want to. So that's not going to serve her in the state that she is right now. You need to just do what she needs so she can have a peaceful passing. And me bringing up death would have not have been a peaceful passing for her. So what I made sure to do is to get right away into motion of getting her home so she could pass in her room where she wanted to be and not in the hospital. And doing all this without talking about death. So I really tiptoed around a lot of things with her but made sure I could have a nice of a situation as possible for her so she could pass in the best way possible. Um, but through the whole thing, I kept thinking, I wish there was a way to help people not be in so much fear. So this book was almost like in my mind since 2009 and I just published it in 2019 um, so it kind of took 10 years to bring it all around and get it into print um, and I have a lot of client stories in there I think that people like to hear about other people's stories and what they experienced and the signs that they got um, all these validations, all these validations, and it brings that fear out of it. It kind of brings it to the, we're going to say dining room table where it can be discussed without fear. It can be discussed more naturally. And it, it just would be, it would be nicer. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And for those that are listening, um, you can find Maria's book at her website, mariaverdeshi.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-V-E-R-D-E-S-C-H-I.com. And she's got all of her resources on there. I just wanted to be clear. We're still going to keep going for a few minutes, but if you're interested in checking out the book, highly recommend going to the website. It's on Amazon too, and you can get it at any bookstore. Awesome. Um, you might have to order it, but it's like in the system where it's good to go and it's easy to order. Nice. 
Nice. Um, on that note of, of death, I mean, I've, I've only recently experienced some close deaths in my, in my sphere, my closer realm of family. And, um, since you are still communicating with those that have passed, what, how, how would you even define death? Um, what do you mean? Well, so because a lot of what you're doing, it seems like operates outside of the physical, right? I mean, you're getting and you're translating through your physical body, these messages to other mm -hmm. people. But, um, like you said, your mother was very afraid of, of passing, but that is just a transition of energy, right? From physical to right. non-physical energy. Um, I guess to maybe break down what death is for people, um, to me, I think would make it less scary, but it's also, you know, I guess the million dollar question, we don't know exactly what happens for everybody, but it seems like you would be the perfect person to ask, um, if, and you're saying there is no death, only life. So if there is no death, then just what is this concept of death? How could we break that down a little bit simpler terms? So how I've seen it is, um, and there is no hell. So I'm just going to spit that out too. There's no hell. Um, there's more of what I've seen is I'm going to almost call it different levels kind of is how I'm going to see it. Um, where, some people are at one level, maybe some are up a few steps, you know, and so I've seen it with different levels. So not everybody is on the same floor. Some people are up some more floors, but there's no hell. Um, and how I've seen it, like with someone literally crossing over is all of a sudden, and I've seen it with people, where all of a sudden it is that life review and things come flooding in, lightning speed fast, like faster than you can imagine, it's flooding in. Um, and then there's kind of a, oh, because I have picked up on things that there's no way I would know for clients as their loved ones going through, um, you know, Oh, she's bringing up this time when this happened and she's so sorry. And this is like during the transitioning stage. Um, so, and, and believe me, I'm even sitting back going, wow, she's bringing this up at this time. Um, but they do. And the person will sit back and go, oh, my gosh, I had forgotten about that. So this would have been so, somebody that had hired you to do a reading right at this time of transitioning. Well, or it was someone where their loved one was in a coma or gotcha. that their loved one was having a harder time crossing over. So they might call me or text me or, you know, it's going to be that client of mine that's been with me for years that will send me a text. Um, 
okay, they're right there. We're not sure what's going on. We're not there. We're not sure what we need to do, um, you know, to help them. But it's this life review thing that happens um, immediately. And then um, I'm trying to like also to just grab the other things that I've seen. Um, and then I mentioned that everyone's not on the same floor. There's different floors. Um, so kind of like picture an elevator and you're going in the elevator and it's like, there's, there's the, um, there's the person operating the elevator, but the elevator is not going down. So we've already established that there's no help, but they might take you to level one or level two, the person operating the elevator. Cause I think that we can all kind of picture that. And then they're going to let you off on that floor for a while. You do some life reviews, some life lessons. After a while, you get back in the elevator, and then you go up a little more. Um, I've seen in situations where I've picked up on a loved one, and their energy is a little stuck. And I've actually like witnessed, and this has happened quite a few times with readings, where the energy helped that person to move forward again on the other side. So it's kind of like they were able to move to the next spot where they needed to go. Through doing um, the work with their loved one. Potential. It's like all through the readings. So it's with that yeah. loved one on the other side, able to say, I'm sorry for this or this. Again, all things that I would not know, there would be no way I would know. Being able to get that message passed on. And most of the time, the loved one is able just to kind of release that. And then their loved one on the other side is able to move to that next stage, is able to push and move forward. That's amazing. And then and it's it's cool to see that. It really is. So they've helped their loved one move forward. And this, I've had a couple times where the, my, the sitter at the table can't, couldn't in life stand the person. But the sitter at the table has done so much work on themselves that they're able to help that loved one move forward. And the release from both of them is pretty amazing. It's it's felt. That energy is felt. I'm I'm I've got a clear or oh, please continue. And it really helps. So it doesn't help anybody to hold on to anger and to be mad because really we're only hurting ourselves. We're hurting ourselves from moving forward. We're hurting ourselves from just getting more experiences in life. We are holding ourselves back by doing that. And I've had many clients message me after reasons like this, where it's, wow, I didn't think that that would be so healing, but that was amazing. And I can't even tell you how much better I feel. And I'm really, I thought I was already moving forward, but now I really know I'm moving forward in life because they released it even more. 
I, I feel like there's a lot of people that probably have these small energy blockages or whether it's, um, you know, manifesting in a relationship issue or it's just something personal that's kind of holding them back from moving forward. And to unlock those things, it, it almost feels like you can do that work in the physical, but it also is happening in the non-physical, it sounds like. Now, I just have this visual yeah. of the the elevator and these floors um can you describe a little bit more is it infinite floors is there because there's not really necessarily a goal right you're not the goal is not necessarily to just keep rising or maybe that is i'm just curious um as you've described it it's just i can see it visually well the goal would get to that point of so i do believe that we come back so we um, do some work on the other side, and then at some point, we make an agreement and say, all right, I'll go back. So then we get some more of the life lessons over here. So we don't necessarily start at square one, though. We start where we left off. So people that, um, like Beethoven, he brought that over with him from many lifetimes. People that can just um, pick up a musical instrument and play it like it, they've always played it. Um, painters that are just, I mean, we all know the, the famous ones, they've brought that over. They've done that many times. And then it's working on the other lessons that maybe we didn't quite master. Um, so that's how I have seen it. And then with the levels, I haven't really seen like, oh, it goes up 18 floors. It's kind of, um, I don't know where the floors end, but how I see it is, is that you're at that top level when you don't have to come back because you've mastered everything. So that's going to be like at a master's level. Um, I don't know anybody really on earth right now that's at that level. So um, that I have encountered personally where I think, oh my gosh, that person is not going to have to come back. Um it's an mm -hmm. interesting um, idea and one that I haven't thought that deeply on. I, I do believe that, um, you know, I don't have a fear of death like I did when I was a lot younger and my relationship with it does feel almost like a release, right? It's, it's just a, mm -hmm. a different release of energy. And um, it sounds like you're in this interesting window too, where you're communicating with people's loved ones that are still in the non-physical because they haven't transitioned back into the physical to become a new person or are we like you said with beethoven being kind of a continuity or continuous um evolution of this this mastery is but beethoven could potentially be somebody is that what you mean by that it could could be embodying 
somebody here physically? Oh, like if he came back already? Again. Again? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is a possibility. Um, it, that's not something that I picked up on, though. Mm, but okay. um, with so I've had clients that have come to me for readings and I'll kind of step back and I'll go, huh. I can think of one in particular where I remember her first reading and I kind of step back and I go, wow, why am I getting that your son can basically pick up any instrument? And then I picked up on, I believe it was the piano at that time. And she said, yeah, well, he's, he's really good at it. And then I picked up on the next instrument he should do. I said, um, I think it was violin. And I said, um, I'm seeing it. I'm hearing it. So it was interesting because she did get him in those lessons. He picked it up so quickly. Like he had known it before, just like the piano, like he had brought it over with him. And that's what I was picking up with him was that these musical instruments, he had already done this before. So it was just kind of giving him a refresher course on what he already knew. Interesting. And it's almost like you're not, you're not the same person that you were when you passed, but you're this new energy and and I just for people listening I mean I just I love exploring this stuff and I just am so grateful for you to be sharing all this information because there's going to be people that um poo-poo it or you know think oh you know that's that does that's not what I think but the beauty of it is that it literally is up to all of us to to make it what it is for us. And I just, it, I've been so fascinated by origins. And when you talk about, um, just the idea of coming back, choosing to be non-physical energy and coming back into a physical experience to learn lessons and then carry those into future lives. Um, it's just interesting. It's not necessarily like, because Beethoven has to be a, singular right we kind of label him as a as a particular and then when he passes mm -hmm. is he a new particular of a new person with a different name or is it still beethoven living on multiple lives and um i just i, I didn't think we would be talking about this when i sat down <laughs> to record this <laughs> but i'm so glad that we are and i just really appreciate you um being open to exploring it together so um, and, and I'm someone that always respects other people's beliefs. So if someone comes in and says, well, I don't believe that at all. I respect that. I'm not going to argue with someone or debate them on it. I respect that. Um, I have a respect for what people believe. That's the beautiful thing. So, that's the beautiful thing too about podcasting is that the information is here. And if you're interested in diving deeper and getting into it, here we are. And if not, Mm -hmm. and nobody's telling you to listen to this conversation right and um that, exactly. that's why i love podcasts just for that very reason is that the exploration is infinite and 
there is no cap. And um, I want to touch back, um, circle back, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. But with the work that you're doing right now, um, you've really crafted, you've been honing your skills. What, what do you want to be doing with this uh, moving into the future? Um, continuing helping with people, um, helping people to move forward, um, and helping people with putting that fear of death aside, um, the fear of death, it's a big one for me. It hits home because of my mother and that fear that she sat in, it, it broke my heart. So helping people through that and to see that there, there is nothing to fear. Um, so that, that's the big things for me and helping people with their loved ones who like are in comas or who cannot express what they need at that moment to help them to move on. Nice. And if you were to go back um, now and talk to your your younger self, um, is there any advice that you would want to pass on? Um, things that you would have encouraged, or you know, for other people that are potentially hearing voices and being told that that's not uh, true or real, uh, what what would you, from this perspective now, how would you? Um, how would you talk to your younger self? That's a good question. Um, maybe to not care so much about what other people think because kids can be so mean. And really, when you're a child, all you want to do is fit in. You want to have other people like you. You don't want to be that oddball. Um, so I wish I could be right there giving that motivational speech going, ah, you're fine. You just keep going on. Um, yeah, that, that it's okay. And it, it's okay to be different. That's a powerful message. I really am so grateful that you can share that and that you're living proof that if people want to pursue what they love to do, that they can find a way to make it work and and it, it inevitably can be their strength. And um, it really just, that's, that's the most amazing thing to be able to tap into something that that is just a natural skill and a natural gift. And um, what, what a cool thing to offer. So for people that want to work with you, Thank you. yeah, what are the... You said you have your books on Amazon where people, um, anywhere people can buy books. What are some other ways for people to connect with you? Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can go to my website. You can, through the website, you can email me. Um, or on Facebook, you can send me like a message or on Instagram, you can send me a message. So there's lots of different ways to get a hold of me. Nice. And um, in terms of booking up, booking a, a session, you do half-hour sessions and hour-long sessions as well yeah. as some packages. Mm-hmm. 
I do half hour, hours, some packages, and I've got um, some new classes coming up. I've got one towards the end of this month um, on chakras, and then I'll have some mediumship classes. So different things coming up. And if you get on my mailing list, which you can get on there through the website, you will be kept up to date on everything going on. Awesome. Well, yeah, depending on people listen to this months or years from now, um, the website will be a great resource for updated information mm -hmm. and, and Maria's mailing yeah. list. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. And so, so grateful that uh, we got to explore these topics and um, you're the first psychic that I've had on the show. Hope to have a lot more. And um, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Human Nature Podcast today. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Human Nature Podcast was created by Saul Good Media, and Saul Good Media has a collection of other shows, so if you want to check that out, go to saulgoodmedia.com. That's S-O-L-G-O-O-D. M-E-D-I-A.com. And you can find all of our other collection of podcasts, which you can take on the road with you or listen in your own time. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast, Saul Good Media has recently released a course called the Podcast Playbook. And it takes you from complete beginner to creating and publishing your own podcast in under two hours. So if you want to check that out, be sure to check out the link in the show notes. Use human nature at checkout for $100 off the course. We've already had a few people go through the course and create their own podcast, and it is one of the coolest feelings to take an idea, get it off the ground, and share it with a community. So hope to see you in the course. Thank you again for listening today, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.